and I consistently believe that we need to switch the intro cup to a smaller cup. I think so. Yes. And on that note, welcome back to another round of controllers and couches. Yes. I am Full Metal Chicken. I am host B. I'm Steph Fafar. I'm host C. Well, technically she's host A. So <laughs> all in all, you get host A, B, C. Uh, yes. So, hello everyone, and welcome to another week, another episode, and all that fun stuff. Hmm. Have been uh, pretty good. It's been a tough week. Um, it's the silly season at the moment, so we're going to be pushing through that as best we can. Um, apart from that, it is just a case of you know, people have been really getting involved, uh, which is good. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for. Um, I guess all the new traction and stuff. We're pre-recording this a week out, um, and right now we're up 800%. So thank you all so much. I'm glad that you appear to be liking it. Um, we try to put a lot of work into this, and we really, really enjoy it. So we're glad that that's kind of showing. Yeah, it is. You know. Please excuse us as our neighbour pulls into his driveway. Yeah, they like driving. So. <laughs> That is always a fun thing. Um, but I think the key thing is, it's sort of listening to a lot of other recordings and other podcasts, people sort of like to be involved. So generally, if you'd like to be involved, you know, PM us, DM us, AM us at, well, probably <laughs> not 3am. That's a little bit uh, crazy for us. Uh, but no, seriously, get involved. Has a, you know. Has a. Has a. Has a, you know, a unicorn ever been found? No. Um, but I suppose lack of caffeine has. So. <laughs> I don't know what you're going on about. Uh, tripping. 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 Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Um, update? Well, let's see. It's just, I mean, gaming wise, it's just been grinding away at World of Tanks and grinding away at Call of Duty. But. I decided it'd probably be best to get back into reading as much as I could. So I started off going right back to where it all began. And uh, I've been, you know, just having a little bit of read of The Origin of the Species by Charles Darwin. So obviously... As you do casually. As you do casually, yeah. So, yeah. Um, essentially, it's just... Do you have any wisdom to impart upon us? Well, um, if you want to understand how you know, Charles Darwin sort of founded the, I suppose, the the footsteps Origin of biology. Of um, you've got two different books. You've got um, The Origin of Species, which was done in 1859, or Voyage of the Beagle, 1845. And The Voyage of the Beagle, uh, from memory recounts, um, Darwin, a young Darwin, uh, when he went Baby to Darwin. South America, the Galapagos Islands, Australia, and back to England. Um, in essentially the time period of 1831 to 1836 um, and it's interesting because essentially what he did was he went through and he really changed the way everyone wanted to perceive you know where humans sat in the big tree I suppose of life but essentially what he did was he went through and he introduced his theory of evolution by natural selection and essentially be prior to the publication of this book um, I suppose at that time the prevailing view was each species um, had existed um, in their current form 
by divine creation. So this like divine creation very pioneering. was yeah, it was very right. heavy. So he kept his research secret for almost you know two decades. That's twenty years that he didn't say anything because obviously you're gonna rock the boat when you realize you know this is gonna sh just shift everyone's understanding and you know perspective to a whole new level. Um, so essentially what he did was he went through and just ran experiments and observations, just scientific method, and essentially he just tried to create this massive um, and extremely complex perspective of, you know, life, essentially. So um, going through and looking at how it was written and sort of there's a lot of really old English in the book so it's very dry it's very heavy but to see the platform on which all other scientific novels are sort of I would say based on but part of them stem from that that novelization yeah, of sure. life so it's uh, essentially um, a heavy book to read so I'm gonna probably not get all the way through it I'm just gonna dabble through it because there were just some little parts that I wanted to explore so apart from that though um, I also started looking at The Shining again by Stephen King. Movie uh, 2 is out. Yeah. So um, at some point I'm going to go see that. But if you haven't seen um, any of the new Stephen King adaptions, definitely go have a check of them because, yeah, we went and saw It in It Chapter 2 and we also saw Pet Cemetery, which were kind of, you know... Interesting. Apparently, Pet Cemetery is one of his more disturbing ones from his point of view because Didn't the underlying he, nature. Didn't quote that he wrote it, finished it, and then locked it in his desk drawer for yep. years? Or yeah, because it was messed up. What's the second Shining movie called? Uh, Doctor Sleep. I don't think it's out anymore. Hmm. Interesting. So. Uh, yeah. But oh well. Divide. Yeah, divide, divide. But um, it had Obi Wan Kenobi in it. So, uh, you Ewan McGregor. So, uh, you know, he has a, a brother who's in the Air Force and he's, well, he, his code name is OB2. I actually, yeah, because he's a pilot or something, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But, uh, so, yeah. yeah, that went a lot deeper than I intended it to be. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, I wanted to openly say this in the first 30 seconds of the podcast, but uh, because this episode is going up on Saturday, Sunday, sorry, the 22nd of December for us, um, it's Christmas Eve. Eve? Yes. Um, so Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all those who are celebrating. Uh, as always, please be safe. Um, enjoy your time with friends and family. We don't get much of that around these days. Um, good luck braving the shopping centres if you're out there getting last minute gifts and all the freshy food that you need to get because you don't want it to be all old and stuff, you know, for Christmas Day. I know we'll be doing that on Monday. So, uh, yeah. Um, I guess for me, my only update is my uh, new computer glasses, which I technically didn't need. But the optometrist was sort of like, yeah, if you're on your computer that long. Yeah, you want to. It's probably a good thing. And I can say that. Like I don't wear them all day every day I only wear them when I'm at my computer for the long stretches of time um, I can safely say my blood vessels haven't been anywhere near as inflamed as before and I I think I have a bit of this strain because my eyes getting used to them 
if yeah. that makes sense. But apart from that, it was a task to actually get them, though. That was rough. Like, um, went in, got them sized. Not sized, sorry. Got, like, my eyes checked and everything. Absolutely fine and perfect and dandy. We decided to go with the, the smallest prescription you could possibly get just to help and alleviate some of the strain. And then... Uh, ordered them a couple of days later and then they actually came in last week went in picked them up had the fitting done where the um, Assistant kind of like you know how they adjust it to your face and the actual handles and stuff of the glasses of the frames and Then she told me some information that was completely incorrect. I didn't know anything about the warranty She was telling me she was putting a warranty information brochure in the bag and then I got home and I realized I didn't have any of that stuff and I was too stupid. I was just like, you know when they filled you in there like your cattle? Yep. And it was just sort of like, oh, okay, like they couldn't get rid of me fast enough. And then I got home and I realized that I didn't have any of the, um, I planned to buy one of the little kits that they sell of like the lens cleaner and the actual cloth and whatnot. But I completely forgot. And then I got home, unpacked everything called them and then there was a big kerfuffle and then I realized I actually put the glasses on because you told me that oh they're 24-7 glasses and I've gone well I didn't know that they were that but if that's what it is I'll put them on and try and whoa even with the lowest prescription I felt like I was Machine Gun Kelly tripping some mushrooms in that loco music video but um so I went in the next day and I spoke to the guy I spoke to and yeah we're all good. I, I'm not blind. <laughs> no. So, yep, that's pretty much it for me. All right, quiz time? Yep, quiz time. Alrighty. Um, what have we got here? There we are. Uh, today's quiz, I, I know it's Christmas this week, but during Christmas, I know us, we like to watch a lot of movies. And it's the decade wrap-up, as we know, and I thought I'd give us a little bit of time to catch up on movies. Yep. So... This quiz is how many of the highest grossing movies from the past decade have you seen? So we're going to check off all the movies. We're obviously going to read them out as we go. And that way, if there's anything we want to watch and it's not on any of our subscription services, because Boxing Day is this week, if there's something we want to watch desperately, we can get it dirt cheap. Yep. All right. Ready to hit this? Yep. Let's hit it. All right. You you start us off with... I get to start off with... Toy Story 3 from That's 2010. a no from me. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Jelly. Alice in Wonderland 2010. That's a no from me. Yep, that's one from me. Iron Man 2 2010. That's a yes from me. Yep, that's a yes from me. Twilight Saga Eclipse 2010. I was there opening day. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I saw it later. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 2010. Yep. Saw that opening day. Part 2 2011. Yep. Saw that opening day. Transformers Dark of the Moon 2011. Yep, saw that. Yep. Uh, the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn 1, Part 1, 2011. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that. Hangover Part 2, 2011. Yep, yep. So, saw that. Yep, yep. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yep. yep. That's the mermaid one. Yes. I really liked that one. The Avengers 2012, of course. Uh, Dark Knight Rises 2012, of course. Yep, both for both. Uh, uh, Hunger Games 2012, yes. Yep. Spyfall, Spyfall. 2012, yep. yep. And then we got The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, 2012, absolutely. Um, the Hunter Games, Catching Fire, 2013, Caught on Fire. Is that the last one? No, 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 that's the second one. Yeah. My bad. 
Then we got Iron Man 3 2013. Yep, definitely. Uh, Frozen. Uh, Let it go. Yeah, pretty much. We had yep. to rewatch this the other day because um, I want I want to go see the movie. The uh, Despicable Me Two Twenty Thirteen. Yes, we went yep. and saw this. That was great. Man, oh, of... that was Despicable. It's my bad. It was awesome. And then uh, Man of Steel Twenty Thirteen. No. Saw that. Uh, American Sniper Twenty Fourteen. Yes. Saw that. Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part One Twenty Fourteen. Yes. Saw that. Guardians of the Galaxy Two Thousand Fourteen. Yep. yep. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, 2014. Yep. And then one of our favourites, The Lego Movie 2014. Yep. yep. The Star Wars, The Force Awakens 2015. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Money back, please. Um, Jurassic World 2015. Yep. Eh, but yeah. Yep. Avengers Age of Ultron 2015. Yep. Yep. Uh, then we've got Inside Out 2015. We actually watched this the other week. Yeah, very cool movie. Uh, then we got Furious 7 2015. No. Yep. Seen that. Um, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story 2016. Yes, but can I also say, out of the whole extended post-canon thing, this one is my favourite. And I haven't been this excited to watch a Star Wars movie since the second, um, from episode two, I should say. Yeah. All right. Then we got Finding Dory 2016. No. Yep. Um, American Captain. War Civil 2016. <laughs> Captain America Civil War 2016. That's a yes from me. Then we've got The Secret Life of Floofs uh, 2016. Secret Life of Pets 2016. Yep. Then we've got The Jungle Book 2016. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Star Wars. The Last Jedi. Jedi of the Last 2017. 2017. Yep. yep. Then we've got. Um, Beauty and the Beast 2017. Yep. 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 Saw Wonder that. Woman 2017. Yep. yep. Then we got. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle 2017. Nope. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a little meh. Uh, Why did you see that and I not see it? I sped through it on my laptop. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 2017. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Black Panther 2018. Yes. Of course. How many times? <laughs> Avengers Infinity War 2018. Yep. Yep. Then we've got Incredibles, Incredibles 2. 2018. Yep. No. Seen that. How did you see it? I was speed throughing it. I was looking for edits. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom 2018. Yeah, blue. Yep. And then we've got Aquaman 2018. Yep. Yep. Uh, Avengers Endgame 2019. We just watched this like a Yeah, we just saw ago. it. Uh, then we've got The Lion King 2019. That's a no too. from me. Um, Toy Story 4. Haven't seen that yet. That's Is that like on the Disney Plus I'll yet? I'll have to look. Then we've got Captain Marvel 2019. Just watched yep. it. Saw that. Spider-Man Far From Home 2019. That's no from me. I haven't watched any of his movies. All right, show me my results. You go first. Okie dokie. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Um, you're the type of person who goes to the movies most weekends. You like seeing the film everyone is talking about and keeping up with all the latest reboots and sequels. Um, I checked more than 98% of the quiz takers. Can your friends beat you? Maybe. I got the exact same thing as you, but I checked 40 out of 50. I still got you a huge movie fan, and I checked more than 79 of quiz takers. I don't know, but when I said 79 like that, the number didn't sound right in my head. Hmm. Interesting. Alrighty, hoity-toity. We ready for our weekly news and wrap-ups? Yeah, let's do it. Number one on this, we wouldn't be controllers and couches without it. The Xbox Series X was announced this weekend. How do you feel about it? Um, as long as it's not like the... Let's see. The Wii. Let's hope it's not like the Wii. 
I already know where I'm going to put it in the house. Um, I don't think pre-orders have opened yet for it. I don't think I'll go with EB just because EB's been really rip-offy and they're real assholes in the store we go to. So I think I'm going to do JB pre-order. Yep. Um, so we've got a year to scrap and save and penny pinch. I don't think they've released anything about processing power or But the Elite specs. Control looks nice. So Yeah, we... that's what I was interested to see, how they've actually incorporated that. Or well, maybe they've just got a backlog of Elite Controllers and no one wants to buy them. So yeah, now they're putting out a you know, brand new Xbox and then ta-da, you get the Elite Controller. It's shit because I actually needed a new controller and I was going to go get it closer to Christmas like this coming week. And now that I know this is this, I don't play with the Xbox enough to warrant buying a secondary controller. Like, I can just hold off. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to immediately sell the new Call of Duties uh, with the Xbox X compatibility. And then, like, you just have to wait the three, four months yeah. till the console comes out. Or if they expect you to double buy it and it's going to be, like, a second wave of, con- like, of the game's triple uh, a games coming out that'll be interesting but yeah i don't know it looks cool um again it's like it's a tower yeah. so i know we were going to put it in the house but it's really weird like where were they expecting people to put it in the entertainment systems and i suppose it'd be running hot so it'd be interesting to see what gpu it's running yeah. um vga so probably something stupid Yep, uh, next on the news, um, this was trending early this week because if you don't know, we're going to go into it a lot more today, um, just during this news wrap up. Australia's particularly uh, New South and Queensland too, I believe. It's literally catastrophic air quality. Um, our Prime Minister pretty much rejected uh, calls to assist for firefighters and this is his quote last week saying, oh, well, it will be last week for you guys because obviously we pre-record and he said no i don't share that view because what the practice is and i know what the experience is and i know what's happening on the ground and i know whether that or that it's the australian defense force or any other agency of the commonwealth all those agencies our efforts have been channeled and coordinated into the response of the state and territory staff on the ground that is what is set up that it was what was intended to be set up and that is what is operating and i'm pleased with the way the arrangements are being worked out and if there's any other matter we will need to be addressed with the commonwealth so he's like not letting anyone come down but we're sending other people to other places which is fair enough because that's what you're supposed to do but I just went through, I think for 40 minutes, I was just stuck in this thing of people hashtagging not my prime minister and just the photos that people were putting out. And because it's Sydney, and if you guys don't know, in Australia, we only have like two big places that ring in the new year because that's what's important when climate change is occurring, right? And this was only starting to hit home for some people, A, because of the breathing quality and the quality of the air, and B, because if you actually looked outside your window, you couldn't see more than 100 metres in front of you. And so people were taking photos of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which in Australia is iconic in terms of New Year's Eve fireworks. And apparently the uh, Sydney government or New South government is threatening, well, not threatening, I shouldn't say, but is worried that they won't be able to actually have them because they don't want people out. And with all the fires going on, they technically shouldn't because it's... That's a, a massive health risk. Thing. But there was this one person and they posted 
uh, how good is this white Christmas? And it's just smoke everywhere, shit visibility. What was trending around the world was Sydney air quality rises to 11 times higher than hazardous levels as smoke chokes the city. Uh, the air quality index, which is parts per million, in many parts of Sydney was 10 times what was deemed to be the hazardous level of 200. And at the time, I took a screenshot. I don't know what it is now. I guess I can actually do a quick look and while that loads, I'll actually read um, what it said. But at the time, like what would be considered normal is a 19 or an 8, depending on the area and the density and how big Sydney is. And some parts which technically should only be pulling in like a 19 or a 45, anywhere between that range, the day of it going and trending was like 2,214 or uh, that was in Sydney East or 27.5 in Northwest or 862 in Southwest. So it was absolutely crazy. And if I go have a look at it now, there are still uh, fair, poor, and there's still a couple of hazardous places in the Upper Hunter region, in the Tablelands. So it's it's still ongoing. It's not going to go away. But it, you know, will get worse, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, they were saying that this week we're some places in Australia because we're having the heat wave just before Christmas, starting tomorrow, and people are actually saying that not people like the actual um, bureau is saying that we are going to see metropolitan places hit fifty degrees this week. And also too, if like Sydney gets any rain, it's going to be acid rain. Yeah. So that's what people were wishing. Like, oh, I hope it rains. So that, that way it will help clear the air. And it's like, no, because then it's worse. Then it's in your drinking water and it just sits there stagnant. But, you know, literally, what can we do? Hmm. Well, I'm not saying as if there's nothing we can do. It's just that the people in power won't let us do anything. Live underwater. Our sec- oh, getting close, actually, because our second story of the day is scientists are compl- contemplating a 1,000-year space mission to save humans. So uh, this one group uh, are looking to move to Proxima B, which is a planet that orbits a star called Proxima Centauri, and that is approximately 2.24 light years distant from our sun. It's located in the triple star Alpha Centauri solar system, and this planet, Proxima B, has a mass 1.3 times that of Earth and a temperature range that allows for liquid water on the surface and that obviously raises the possibility of it supporting life. I'm surprised they didn't also talk about methane because that's, um, you know, just as common when they say, oh, could this planet support life? Uh, obviously, if we're saying it's 2.4, sorry, 4.24 light years away, that brings into question how long will it take us to actually get there. So what they want to do is, within 20 years, send off a craft that weighs only a few grams, propel it by a 100 billion watt laser to f- and fire it from the Earth. And rather than it carrying any of its own fuel or human passengers and just get an estimate of how long it would take uh, to reach there. And so technically, by what we know are the laws of travel in space, no one cohort of crew members would be able to survive the journey from start to finish. So what they would do is, um, it would be a breeding program. And so what they would do is they'd have couples, whether they let people go as couples or then force people as couples. And then 
people would have offspring and then their children would then take on the jobs and that would continue until however long it takes for that travel jump to occur so it's like people thinking about it and it was it's, it's interesting that other people other than elon musk are going for it which is you know very interesting yeah. all right it? uh next story Resident Evil 3 is coming to PlayStation, Xbox One, and PC on the 3rd of April. Gotta love them remakes. Uh, the initial Resident Evil 3 Nemesis uh, came out in 1999. So, That's been uh, a while. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So, double decade. Yep, yep. Good game. Nemesis was a beast. Absolute beast. Um, but, you know, anything that's coming out of the Umbrella Corporation... Is going to be... I'll get it, because I like triple-A horrors. Yeah. You can always play them, but... Yeah. So, um, it's more the fact... I just want to see how they portray Nemesis and the stages that he evolves through, but the massive roll gun that he runs around with is just crazy, and he just takes so much damage and just kind of shrugs it off. So, yeah, he's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But you, know, you want to know what else is crazy? Yeah. Let me segue into Russia being banned from international sports for four years by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Again. But it's not going to include Euro 2020. Oh, okay. Well, that's weird. So, I wonder if they got busted for this time. I wonder if they'll do the thing, um, where was it recently? That, that Was it Russia? Where they went, no, it wasn't Russia. Um, where was it that they went in the most recent Olympics and they did it as a people's republic? Yeah. Or like... They did it so they could go, but they didn't do it as representatives of Russia. They did it as representatives of the Russian sporting team. Yeah. I wonder and if they'll try and use that loophole again. Possibly, but, you know, at the end of the day, they weren't cooperating with WADA investigators. Mm, so, I don't blame them. Now, if anyone knows doesn't know what WADA is, it's the, the World Anti-Doping Association. I said that, but cheers, bro. Yay! We just got to reinforce it to the Russian people listening. Don't be rude. Um, but, yeah. One thing I wanted to say is if you're looking for any last-minute Christmas gifts, um, one good thing to do is to look at the Goodreads Good Choice Awards. So basically all the users of Goodreads, whether they be authors or people like myself who just like to read and review, uh, they've awarded their best books in all their categories from young adult to children's to middle grade to adult and all the different fantasies all had different uh, all the different fantasies all the different genres such as fantasy and crime had their own um list if that makes sense nice. so if you're looking for a last minute gift go ahead i the one that i out of all the ones i voted for only one one <laughs> and that was the wicked king by holly black Book two was the best. Book one was great. Book two was the best. Book three is the one I told you I read like two, three weeks ago. And it was shit. I want to burn it. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Um, moving on to actually good news. We would also ex like to extend our congratulations to Zombini Tunzi from South Africa. She actually won Miss Universe this year. She is gorgeous. Twitter went off, rightly so. Uh, one user, uh, me feeder, she said the crown set on a beautiful kinky uh, black hair sorry set on beautiful kinky black hair we are our ancestors wildest dreams so you go girl and she's not just a pretty face um she she apparently she's going to reside in new york city for this one year and she's going to take part in the appearances and um, events that she's contracted to i should say 
she attended Cape Peninsula University of Technology and she graduated with a bachelor's degree in public relations and image management last year. And uh, she is doing a bachelor of tech um, graduate degree in public relations management management at Cape Peninsula University. Um, and she's working. she was working as a graduate intern in public relations uh, up until starting the competition. So good on her, especially a woman of colour. All right, so are we ready to launch into today's topic? Oh, yeah, let's do it. We're continuing our Seven Ancient Wonders series today, and we're going to cover the Temple of Artemush. Artemush, yeah, Artemus. Um, Artemis is very close to us because we actually have a rabbit called Artemis. Artemush. Artemush. Um, she's our angel. We don't pick favourites, but she's our favourite out of... Yep, very well fluffle. behaved. She doesn't bite, doesn't scratch. She knows how to operate heavy machinery. She doesn't. She's a boss. She wants hijacked a tractor. No, and plowed a field full of carrots. She's also a shit stirrer, so when we sit on the couch with her, she baits the others, and then she jumps on you because she thinks, oh, if I'm with Dad, the others won't touch me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dad will, Daddy will protect me, so yep. it's really cute. Because I'm the good guy. Um, so I want to, obviously, uh, <coughs> cite my references. I sourced information from today's podcast from the Ancient History Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, Ancient Origins, and the Turkish Archaeological News for some final statements that I'm going to make today. Nice. So I'm going to launch into some general information. So the Temple of Artemis, or Artemision, also known as, less precisely, as the Temple of Diana, because in Roman mythology, the um, Roman equivalent of Artemis is Diana. And obviously, uh, if you can't take from the name, it's a Greek temple dedicated to the goddess Artemis. It's it was located in um, I have to, I wrote down this a pronunciation. It's a phasis. I would have thought it was a phasius, but I'm wrong. It's a phasis, uh, which is now in the modern town of Selkuk in present-day Turkey. Uh, Artemis was the Greek goddess. Obviously, she was the daughter of Zeus and Leto. Uh, her twin sister is Apollo. And she was being believed to be born in Ephesus, so hence why they built her temple there. Not only was she the goddess of the hunt, she was also known as the goddess of wild animals, wilderness, childbirth, and fertility. She was believed to be the protector of young children and was known to bring and to what do you call it a relieve disease in women. Yep. In literature and art, she's depicted as a huntress carrying a bow and arrow. Uh, and we're going to talk some more about some of the sculptures later on that they actually believe to have been um, in the archaeological findings from the temple. And also, too, if you're playing uh, Assassin's Creed... <laughs> Can you not spoil it? Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> this is what happens when you try to teach the other person. They just... Instead of participating in discussing things you've said, they go off. Yes. Because there's no script. Um, to put it into perspective with the other ancient wonders that we're covered, so the Temple of Artemis was built in built 2,034 years after the Great Pyramid of Giza and 50 years after the completion of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. I've got an infographic here for you so you can uh, clearly see that. Apparently, and I did not know this uh, before having to research this podcast, but it was completely rebuilt twice. The first rebuild was after a devastating flood, flood and 300 years later, it was destroyed in an act of arson. Uh, so the second build or version or whatever building is the one that I guess you could say is on the list of the seven wonders of the ancient world. The temple became a pilgrimage. So it's not the first one that was built. It's the second one, if that makes sense, that made it to the list. 
uh, the temple became a pilgrimage site and tourist attraction. And because of its location, uh, it was visited by merchants, kings, travellers, all on trading lines. Many paid homage to Artemis in the form of jewellery and various goods. So it was very profitable uh, for, the like for the temple, I guess you could say. However, in 1401, it had been ruined or destroyed. Today, in modern times, only the foundations and fragments of the last build of the temple, so the version that was actually on the list, remain at the site. So the first build dates back to the Bronze Age, and Callimachus, in his hymn to Artemis, said that it was built by the Amazons. However, again, like we said, uh, 7th century BC, it was destroyed by a flood. So it was reconstructed in a much more grand form, and that build started in 550 BC under Chesiphron, and he was a Cretan architect, and his son Meganines helped drew up. I don't know. The project was the project was funded by Croesus of Lydia, and it took the second book build took ten years to complete, and like I said, um, this second version it was destroyed in. 356 BC by Herostratus in an act of arson. So props to him, he was an absolute arsehole. Uh, so the next and greatest form of the temple was funded by the Ephesians. Is that how I said it? Ephesians. This is why I say we need to record earlier because I'm just dead tired. <laughs> um, it was funded by themselves and since then, allegedly, they have recovered about a thousand items, including what may be the earliest form of coins cast from the silver god alloy called Electrum, which made me think of Karma Electra, but that's a different story. So like all other Artemis temples, it faced to the west, and I had to actually do some digging, and this took me an hour to find. Apparently, all of her temples faced west because her altar is at Necropolis in the west, so each, the temple was designed and constructed at first in 6th century BC. Early construction was built at the expense of Croesus, as we said, who was the wealthy king of Lydia. Marshy ground was selected as the building site because they wanted to uh, protect the building against any earthquakes that may occur in the future. And the only sort of physical description and art within um, of the art within the temple itself comes from Pliny, and he was a traveller who travelled through uh, Anatolia, Greece, and the north part of Africa during this time. And he wrote a book describing the seven large and largest buildings of the ancient world. And that's where it was kind of listed and it's carried on today. He said that it was 377 feet long and 180 feet wide. And today that's about as large as a soccer stadium. Um, and I, the first build was made almost entirely, well, it was made almost entirely out of marble. And for the time it was massive in size, uh, especially for Greek uh, architecture. The only thing larger than it at the time was the Great Pyramid of Giza. So, and I'm assuming if there are any other kind of landmarks similar to that, but there wasn't that much around, especially in Greek architecture. So, because it was so large, that's another reason why it was chalked up to be a seventh wonder. The temple consisted of 127 iconic style columns, each were approximately 40 feet in height, which to us metric people is 18.3 meters. So, just think about how colossal this thing would be. Just shining white marble. Imagine the sun hitting it. 
Yeah, you'd be blinded unless you didn't, you know, unless you had glasses. Like in Hercules. Hercules! Disney movie. So, as we said, the temple has many fine artworks and sculptures that were um, commissioned by renowned Greek sculptures, which all adorned the temple. There were paintings. Um, they actually lined the columns with gold and silver. A lot of the sculptures and paintings were of the Amazons, who, as we said, um, built the city to begin with. And because she, the Temple of Artemis was located in such an economically robust region and saw all these merchants and travellers as they, uh, you know, sold all their wares across Asia Minor, that's how it got, the area got influenced by a lot of beliefs. Uh, the symbols of faith were so different to so many people that passed the area or lived in the area. So the officians worshipped a Cybele, and incorporated many of their beliefs into the worship of Artemis. And that's quite contrasted to the Roman counterpart Diana. And so this actually developed a cult spin-off. And this cult of Artemis attracted thousands of worshippers from far-off lands. And they would all gather to worship her within the walls of this temple. Which is technically what you're supposed to do when you have a temple, I suppose. Because <laughs> you want people to worship within your walls. So it became a massive place of religious significance. It was widely respected as a place of refuge. And traditionally, it's linked in myths. Uh, the Amazons were said to have take, taken uh, refuge there from Heracles and Dionysus until it was destroyed by Herostratus. And according to stories written down, he was, again, uh, it's a very rich uh, high socioeconomic status region. His motivation was fame at any cost. Also, and, too, yes. interesting about that, the first time it was destroyed was um, during the 7th century um, and reconstruction began about 550 BC. I'm getting to that. <laughs> but thanks. Uh, so apparently the night that it was burnt down, so destroyed for the first time, that's the night that Alexander the Great was born. That's pretty cool. So I don't know how notable and reputable <laughs> uh, and believable those records are, but that's just something I found. So a noble Ephesian remarked that Artemis was too busy with Alexander's delivery to save her burning temple. So she was with she was with her, uh, with Alexander instead of defending her temple. Jeez. Is what they said. So apparently Alexander the Great he later offered to pay for the rebuilding. But the people refused, and when they rebuilt it again over the next two centuries, the majority of them had converted to Christianity. So, this is where we get naughty, naughty Christians trying to, you know, be tyrants and convert everyone. So, in 1401, they destroyed it by uh, a mob led by St. John Chrysostom, and stones were used in construction of other buildings in the area. And this was uh, this includes the Church of Hyaga Sophia, which is apparently 450 miles north of the Ephesus city of uh, in Constantinopolis, which is Istanbul today. Um, so can we just talk about how large? You know, we we discussed how tall these things are. How are they carrying them there? Potentially, like we're talking columns, which are 18.7 meters in height. So they probably put them on horse-drawn carriages, like blocks, maybe. 
Like, so you'd have horse side by side. Raw, like marble, polished yeah. marble. Jeez. Think about that. You know what I mean? Uh, so over 60 years, a lot of archaeological research was funded and they found a ton of ruins in 1869 in an expedition sponsored by the British Museum led by John Turtle Wood. Uh, their dig lasted until 1874. Sorry, I have to cough again. <coughs> I don't know what it is. Probably just weather and stuff. But, uh, you know, tis the season. Tis the season indeed. So they uh, did another series of excavations between 1904 and 06, directed by David George Hogarth, and they found the foundations Ooh. of the temple. Sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> so... Uh, they were able to, this um, finding the foundations enabled them to figure out the chronology of construction, so over the course of the two builds. And they found in the remains of the temple um, that uh, there's this, they saw what they believe to be the hall of Ephesus in the British Museum. Uh, what they saw was the hall, they moved to the British Museum in London. I need you to pause it because I have to cough. Hello everyone, uh, apologies for the sudden change in ambience, uh, I had a coughing fit and I decided to stop and we're now recording this about five days later. So um, yes, welcome back. It, you're going to hear a lot of sounds such as our next door neighbour's dogs, cars driving up and down, um, apologies. So continuing on from where we left off. Oh, you're still here. Yes. <laughs> Continuing on where we left off, as a result of all these excavations, the foundations of the temple were dug out, and therefore they were able to find all the things that were previously buried under other things. All the things. So uh, they've found this one particular statue of Artemis that I've read, Artemis, I should say, that I've read about. Uh, it's made completely out of marble. I guess you could say it would be carved out of marble. Is that right? Um, and she's literally covered in breasts, and that's supposed to represent fertility, is what I found. I have a picture of it here in our show notes, and you can also see like animals along her legs and in her hair and stuff. So between these 1896 and 1906, you know when we say these years that are so old, do you ever just double check what you're saying, what you're reading out is real, because your brain can't comprehend, can't comprehend what life was like back then. Like, yeah, that's not a number I've never ever had to recite. No, that's weird. So between 1896 and 1906, Austrian archaeologists worked in the area of the Artemisian, and their findings were an altar, and a statue of a wounded Amazon, and they're now exhibited at the Ephesus Museum in Vienna. Don't ask me why it's in Vienna, because you'd think they would have just made a museum close by to the location, but what are you going to do about it, right? So today, apparently people are waiting for the Turkish government to pay it some attention. There is no protection around the temple site, and what people mean by that is there's no fencing, no signage. So if we could, if we wanted to pack a flight to Turkey right now, we could do that, and this time tomorrow afternoon be standing right where that Jeez. pillar is, right? So today, today 
the site of the temple is marked by a single column constructed out of dissociated fragments that were discovered on the site by the Austrian archaeologists. So basically they saw these parts of what they thought were one column and they just reconstructed this one column. So that one column isn't is not surviving. Does that make if that yeah. makes sense? it's like Stonehenge. Yeah. Um they just recreated it, right? Yeah. So the Temple of Artemis is apparently the earliest wonder available in the Civilization game series, which I did not know about. Um so we talked about how Christians burnt down the church. But sorry, Christians burnt down the temple and built a church nearby. I also found a thing. Um, it obviously didn't go well over because it's only got a one-star review, a single one-star review that I could find on Google. I found it on Google Books, and this book is called The Virgin Mary Conspiracy, The True Father of Christ and the Tomb of the Virgin, right? Uh, it's put out by this guy that I can't read, but it's published by Simon and Schuster. Uh, oh no, sorry, Graham, <coughs> Graham Phillips. Alright, so I found this thing where it says Ephesus was not only the city where Mary, so this is just an excerpt, Ephesus is not, Ephesus is not only the city where the Mary of history became the Mary of faith, it was also, according to the Ephesian Christians, where she died and was buried. Right? Interesting. So, Apparently there's this other story in the Bible that John went passing through that town to preach and Mary went with him. However, the way that John actually ended up in the town is apparently suspect, according to this author. And so he first referenced uh, Arrhenius of Lyons at approximately 170 AD. Uh, where John arrives in the area some years before St. Paul, and at first he has little success converting <clears throat> yep. the citizens. So he decides to prove God's existence by calling upon his tower to destroy the temple of Artemis. So this is a different... We already know that he was burned down by arson, but whatever. And so the excerpt is, The altar of Artemis split into many pieces, and all the offerings laid up in the temple suddenly fell to the floor, and its goddess was broken, and so were more than seven images. Half the temple fell, so the priest was killed at one stroke as the roof came down. So uh, the author also went on to say, The fact that the temple of Artemis is still standing three centuries later after the story seems unlikely to have originated a reliable historical source. So this guy's pretty much calling bullshit. Mm, much so. Some other stuff. It's just, dang, these Christians just going around going, I oh know, like that idiot who went to, what was it, one of the last um, tribes in Papua New Guinea and was like, hey, let me freaking convert you to Christianity yeah. and got killed. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh... That's a threat. That's a threat response there. That's a big threat response. Um, so I guess the question that I want to end this week's episode on is, should the whole temple be rebuilt like Stonehenge? Or should the site be left alone and some other fencing or security kind of parameters built? Or should just a plaque be erected or like set in a stone or within the last pillar that's there? Or if it was to actually be rebuilt, who should fund that? Should it be the Greeks because it's their heritage? Should it be the Turks because it's on their land? Or should it be people from the Greek Orthodox Church? 
Mm. I reckon it would be, I think, a collaborative. Yeah. You know, everyone get involved, just, you know, and rebuild it. So that's what I think. Because that way, I suppose, it has more cultural significance if everyone gets involved. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty much it. That's all I had for you today. Sorry about the last five minutes. Um, we, in between us recording this last three minutes of the podcast, we ended up seeing um, Rise of Skywalker. But yeah. we'll give a quick review. Not a quick review, but a discussion. Non-spoilery discussion, because obviously not everyone will have heard in next week's episode. Yep. So we don't bulk out this one too much. And we started watching The Witcher. Yeah. Where we finished a third of it so we're about to start episode four yep so thank you so much for. did you have anything you wanted to cover no no that, that's all good for now we can yeah. put that in the next one yep okay sorry um thank you so much for listening everyone uh, apologies it may be a bit shorter but i promise uh the episode that's going to come out after this is going to be one that uh it took me a very 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 long time to research nice <laughs> so um Scientology part two. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, spoiler alert. So that one's going to be quite long. And I'm not breaking it up anymore because it just takes forever to get around to do the second part. Because the topic is so dense. So um, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we shall... You shall hear from us in the next episode. Yes. Sit back and enjoy. And uh, yeah, all the best until the the next episode. Yeah. All right. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. Signing off. Signing off, yeah. Au revoir. Au revoir. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.